welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, gorgeous goddesses, and welcome back to Cool Mom 101. I'm so excited to be bringing you this incredible interview with Mel Cooster. And before we get to that, I want to make sure all you beautiful babes know to join Cool Biz Academy. It is going to be straight fucking fire, and I would love to have you there if you're someone who is ready to scale your business to six figures, if you're someone who wants the kind of support that will get you those results with ease. This is the program for you. If you're ready to align everything in your business, your brand, your messaging, your offers to make them shine so bright that people are going to need sunnies. And if you want to learn top strategies and practical advice in PR, marketing, social media, and so much more, this is the fucking program for you. I would absolutely love to have you there. This is part mastermind, part program, all vibes, all the fucking time. So make sure if you are feeling that pull, and I know some of you listening are, that you go ahead and sign up. And you can always DM me if you have more questions and want to get more into what exactly the program is all about. I'm always here to chat. Okay, let's get to today's episode. For episode 81, we have Mel, as I mentioned. She is the founder of Lasara Hair Boutique in Australia. So international friends, baby. And we are chatting all about her career journey and what got her into hair and now into holistic coaching, which is so cool. We talk about her journey with sexuality and how she's explored that, and you might get some good ideas. <laughs> and we also chat about her relationship and how it shifted post-babies and tips on how to keep things fun, because I feel like one thing Mel is definitely good at is making life fun. You can just tell. And make sure you go follow her on Instagram because you'll know what I'm talking about. And we also end off with her top hair care tips that everyone should know about because who doesn't want to improve their hair care routine? I know I do. And let me tell you, I learned a really fire tip that I don't know how I've gone my entire 34 years without knowing, but listen till the end because it's there. All right, my loves, let's get to it. Here's episode 81 featuring Mel Cooster. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So we're going to just jump right on into the mom fashions. Are you ready? I am so ready. Let's do it. <laughs> What's the best part of being a mom? I think seeing their personalities, like, and just knowing that it's kind of monkey see, monkey do. So when they are kind or when they're funny and they make me laugh, I'm like, I made that. Like, I did that. And I just, yeah. I love seeing their personalities blossom and grow. That's so cute. The problem with that though, too, is that then on the flip side, if they're like being little shits or they're being, (laughs) you know, I'm quite loud. I'm like, damn it. That's for me too. (laughs) 
<laughs> Definitely. And like, I have a daughter who she's five and she's an Aries and I'm a Sag. So we're both fire signs. And I'm like, oh my God. I can't believe I created that. That is a miniature me. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, this is, this is what I, what I'm like. I get it. I totally get it. (laughs) What's the the hardest lesson you've learned so far as a mom? I think the hardest lesson I've learned so far is that if I am empty and burnt out, it affects everybody in the household. It affects my husband. It affects my kids. And, um, yeah, that was one of the biggest things about getting into, I guess, personal development and stuff like that because I was just so broken, (laughs) such a broken woman. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into that. And I want to say, too, though, that I think that we as women do really set the tone for the household. And that can be – you can look at it from whatever perspective you want. Some people might find that annoying or daunting, but for me – I kind of like that possibility that my energy can actually support shifting the energy of my household. And I try and take the pressure off, which is hard sometimes. Um, So I'm sure we'll get more into that, but I totally feel you. And we don't, we definitely do change the whole energy of the house. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Do you have a daily ritual? So you are a busy mom of two and an entrepreneur. So you have a lot of balls in the air, frankly. And how do you stay grounded? Are there certain things you do every day? Yes. So I'm an early riser and I never, ever was an early riser. I hated mornings and getting up at 5am has, or even 5.30am has changed my life literally because I didn't have any time. And so many mums say, I have no time to do exercise or I have no time to journal. And it's like, well, you do have time. You have to make the time. So for me, I get up at 5 a.m. I um, meditate for 10 minutes before I train. So I usually go to the gym, but I'm in lockdown again at the moment here in Melbourne. So I will meditate for 10 minutes when I wake up. Then I'll exercise. So I do a lot of weights, um, which I love, but I'll do a mixture of things. Then I'll come home and I'll do my cards, my oracle cards, and journal if I'm feeling like I need to journal have a coffee and then into mum mode getting the kids ready and starting my day I love that I love that you've made the thing about making your I I say to clients and just friends too is you you find the time where you can but there's something I think that's extra special about your time being first because I think the energy of that is like I'm the most important thing here because I truly think you are (laughs) And so it's that main character energy of like, well, first I'm going to do X, Y, and Z that's going to contribute to my well-being. Then I'll get into mom mode, business mode, all the other things. <laughs> Definitely. And if I don't do it, I, um, I'm, I'm like impatient and I feel a little bit more frustrated as well. So I think it's really like that outlet, especially with my exercise, it's really an outlet for me. And a lot of mornings I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to get up today. Like I would much rather stay in bed, but I remember how I feel when I don't move my body. So I at least get up and do something, even if it's not a full training session, just so that I can say, well, you know what? I've done something for myself on my body today and it's nourished my body and my soul. So let's do it. Let's start the day. Absolutely. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? 
I am the most grateful for my relationship with my husband and having him. It was a very different situation at the start of this year. So, you know, to be able to have overcome what we've overcome and being able to have him understand me a bit better now and be so supportive, I'm really, really grateful for that. So, yeah, for him and his support. Mm-hmm. It's so incredible. I mean, it's the the relationship aside from the relationship with yourself and your kids, I think your partner, if you have one is really up there with what's important because you spend the most amount of time with them, frankly. And if your relationship is struggling for me anyway, I think, cause I'm most women probably so relationship driven, then the rest of my life feels a little off balance if we're really struggling. So I can totally yeah. appreciate that. Definitely. And I think it seeps into your relationship with your kids as well. If you are having that tough time with them, it affects everyone. So. Yes, absolutely. What's your why for your life? So what gets you up every morning at five thirty or five helps you to continue growing your business and supporting your children and developing the relationship with your husband, all that stuff. What is your why for your life? So I actually figured out my why after reading um, Purpose by Lisa Messenger. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but it's a really good book and it kind of goes into your why and how to figure out your why. And I figured it out in 2018 and it basically is to build a life and a family where we're comfortable and abundant, basically. Um, And I'm a helper, so I'm an Enneagram 2, if you've ever done your Enneagram. And it is to help people become what and achieve what I have achieved. So that was, oh, however many years ago now. And it hasn't changed at all, even through the shifts that I'm going through at the moment and the changes and my beliefs are changing. My why has still stayed the same, but if anything, it's making more sense now. Oh, that actually gave me goosebumps because there's something there's something really powerful about what you just said is that and I think this is where when you know you have a really good why is exactly what you just illustrated there is maybe your goals might change the way that you get to that vision might change but your why when you find it I think it really does stay the same And that really shows with what you just illustrated there, like the way that you go about it might change, goals kind of can change, but your why stays the same. And I love that because it's kind of like your true north. If everything you're doing is laddering up to that, then you're good. You know, you're golden. Definitely. And I think the thing that really brought it up for me was reading, there was a line in her book, which was, can't quote it exactly, but it was at your funeral, what do you want people to be saying and well I was like well I want them to be be able to stand up and say she helped so many people and you know she she did amazing things not she actually you know worked 45 hours a week and was super tired like I didn't want that so I knew that I needed to change and shift something to make an impact on other people's lives to make an impact on my own Mm, I love that that's beautiful So for anyone listening who doesn't know you yet, I would love to situate everyone. So tell us a little bit about your background and your early life. Where did you grow up? What was all that like? Okay. So I was born in Perth in Western Australia. So I'm from Australia, born and bred. 
I came to Victoria, to Melbourne when I was two. My mum and dad moved over here. And then I grew up basically most of my life on a place called the Mornington Peninsula, which is about an hour from Melbourne city. So it's a beach coastal town. So I'm a beach baby and I grew up on the beach pretty much my whole life. We would be there all day, every day. So that's definitely one of the places that calms me a lot and then I, I head to when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm a fire sign, so water calms me down. <laughs> I, I met my husband when I was 16 and he was 20, so he was quite a bit older than me but I was always very mature. I fell in love with him straight away and he was very afraid of commitment and it took me a year to bag him fully but um like I mean he told me that he loved me after three months so like I knew I had him anyway and I always get what I want (laughs) when a guy says they love you I'm like that's you know it's a bit not like game over I don't mean it in that way but you know that their commitments there like they are fully committed to you because I feel like for the most part men are not going to just throw that around (laughs) no that's right so I was like okay I'm going to be persistent here but anyway um so we seven years later fell pregnant with Lexi our first child baby um and she is five now we got engaged when I was pregnant and then a couple of years later we had Max and so they're nearly three years apart in between there, um, when Lexi was nine months old, I opened a hair salon. So I've been a hairdresser for 15 years and I was a hairdresser, started my hairdressing career when I, I think I was a couple of years in actually when I met Sean. So, you know, always worked for someone else, then decided after I had a, a baby, weirdly enough, funny timing, people say that children slow down your life or end your career. But for me, it actually was the beginning of a huge period of growth so nine months old opened a little tiny salon and it had four chairs one basin I decided I was just going to work on my own and not have any staff and after about three or four months I was like okay this is crazy I'm very booked out I need help so hired staff grew really quickly and when I was 25 weeks pregnant with Max I said let's get a bigger salon so we moved into a much bigger salon which is where we are now and I now have eight stuff off and we've been in this salon for yeah, three three years so it's just wild it grew so quickly quicker than I could have ever imagined and yeah I own a hair salon with eight staff so that keeps me very busy and obviously having the two kids as well it's quite crazy. Then in, so my husband's a mechanic and in the middle of COVID last year, um, we just decided let's just open another business. (laughs) So we opened his mechanic workshop and he's now got two staff as well. So we have two very busy companies and two very busy children. (laughs) So cool. Something that I really loved that you said there, I mean, I loved it all, but something I really want to point out is that you said that when you were pregnant, was it right after you were pregnant? You were nine months postpartum is when you opened the salon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually love that. And I had a similar experience where I started my business 
So it started as a podcast. This is actually how I started my business was podcasting. And I started it when it, I was eight months postpartum. So around the same time, I was like, fuck this. I'm just going for it. So I love that you brought that up because I think more women need to hear this. Like being a mom doesn't mean that you can't be an entrepreneur. Doesn't mean you can't go after your dreams. And in fact, I love this quote. It was from, do you watch Shark Tank? I don't know if you know oh, that show. I'm not really. Yeah, I know it. But you I know it though, right? It. <laughs> yeah. And Kevin, who's one of like the big shark guys, he was like, if you want something done, you give it to a busy mom. And it's like, yeah, because I think that moms become very efficient. And for me with pregnancy and motherhood came a certain amount of clarity and more belief in my intuition because I felt so tapped into my intuition when I was pregnant that I feel like it kind of just bled into my life after that. And I just, I felt like it was just time. I'm like, let's just do this. Like kind of why the yeah. not? I just grew a whole human and like birthed it with no drugs. So like, really, what can't I do at this point? A hundred percent. I think it just fully changes your energy and what you choose to do with that energy is, you know, going to make the whole world of a difference. And it changed my life. Like I was kind of like, well, I have nothing to lose because I don't have a job. So I was always too afraid to quit my job to start my own business. And I was like, well, I don't have a job. So why the hell not? Let's do it. So no excuses. I love it. <laughs> That's it. So was hair something you always knew you wanted to do? I'd love to hear from you how you got into it. So we heard that you started your salon and it grew quickly, which is incredible. So how did you get into it? So I was in high school. I was, I think, 14 when I started. And I was kind of like, right, let's choose a career path, you know. And I had quite a feminine ex-boyfriend, boyfriend at the time. And he was like, um, he would shape his legs and stuff. But football, football, in uh-huh. quotes. Um, and I was like, oh, I could totally do beauty, right? Like I could do beauty. It would just be great. And so I enrolled in a college and I went to the orientation day. And I was like, oh, my God, I've got to wax people's bum holes. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't think I could spend the rest of my life waxing hair off bum holes like it's just not me and massage and stuff like that it just felt a little bit intimate for me like I just thought "Mm, I don't think this is creative enough I need something more creative and I've always been super creative and then my feminine ex-boyfriend I dyed his hair at home and I thought to myself I actually still remember standing in the bathroom and I was like I could do this as a job I actually am thoroughly enjoying this and then it began I went in and I got a job of school-based apprenticeship a couple of days a week. Then I started wagging school to work. So I'd bring my boss and be like, oh, I've got like a free day today if you want me to come in and work. And I just was addicted. I loved it from the minute I started. And it just, my passion grew and grew. And I don't think I'll ever not do a little bit of hairdressing. Mm -hmm. So obviously like I am um, studying at the moment studying holistic life coaching but I think even when my coaching career takes off I'll still do that little bit of hair because I actually love it it's so empowering for like to see that change in the client and 
it's like it's not about the outside look for me 100%. It's about the inside and you just see a change in their eyes even when they walk out because even if it's a, a blow dry, you know, and you just see the change in them and it you can't, like it's priceless. Mm. I am such a hair person. You, you can't see us right now and my hair is like up in a messy bun, but hair is like <laughs> one of my things. Like I've just always felt extra confident I would say when my hair is done and everyone will say that that's like one of my signature things is like I always like style my hair and I do when I style my hair for me that's like go time then I'm like I'm fucking on for other people it might be and I like makeup too but for other people like it might be like your outfit and whatever but for me I don't feel completely ready until my hair is styled <laughs> so I yeah, totally it's get an that. energy thing it's a, it's a full energy thing and that's what you see changing people is their energy you know like and I'm a very big one energy and I'm I'm an empath so I can feel when someone comes in if they're pregnant I know they're pregnant like I'm like you're pregnant I don't say it to them I just wait for them to tell me but I just know things and I think it's from their energy and if if someone's going through a hard time I'll know straight away by as soon as I sit in front of me I'm like something's up and sometimes I'll just say hey what's up and that's where I think that coaching piece comes in because I, I care, you know, I actually care. And in a hair, hair appointment, it's very surface level, but it's an energy thing. Like you, you see the energy change and it's like, I've, I've done my job. Like totally. a fairy godmother. <laughs> I love that. Have you thought of, or is this something that you might do is like combining the two? So doing coaching for maybe salon owners or something like that have you thought about that yeah yeah definitely so obviously when you start coaching you start thinking about your niche and I think once you hone into your niche that's when you kind of excel forward and that's just the same with hairdressing you know like our niche is that balayage blonde we don't just do that but we're very well known for that so that just excelled us forward and so with my coaching I definitely am looking at helping other salon owners or business owners stop in their tracks and literally shove burnout aside because I've been burnt out I've had no boundaries and it sucked like I was so I hated my job I started thinking I don't want to do this I don't want to own a salon like if if this is how hard it's going to be and then once I did the work and I realized hey it doesn't actually have to be like this I'm super passionate now about helping other salon owners realize that this this hustle culture that salons have it doesn't have to be the way so yeah that's something that I'm really going to work on once I'm launched (laughs) oh I'm so excited for you because I just think for me anything's possible like that's the world I live in and so I love kind of hearing what people's different interests and passions are and seeing there's not always a way to put it together but it's cool because in your case there totally is, which is exciting. You can kind of put it yeah. there. Meld yeah. the worlds, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit, something that you talk about on social media a lot, and I know you and I, we went through a program together where there was a lot of talk about sexuality and just sex in general. And I would love to hear from you a little bit about your journey with that and 
maybe how you got to a place where you are quite open about it. Yeah. So I've always been an open person with the people close to me, right? So there's probably not that much about my sex life that my friends and my family don't know. I'm just an open person. But I, on a bigger level, in terms of speaking about it to, I don't know, clients or on my platform, I was like, oh, God, you can't speak about that because people are going to think you're slutty or, you know, this and that, and they're going to judge you. And then, and so I have always been a sexual person. And when I say sexual, I've kind of been in touch with my sexuality from a very young age, like 13. So I, and I enjoy sex. Like I'm, I enjoy sex alone. I enjoy sex with my partner. It's just something that has always been inside of me. And my sexual energy also ties in with my creative energy. And as, as I said, I'm a very creative person. So they go hand in hand. But when I had my kids, I really kind of just stopped letting it out. You know, I held it in. And even with my husband, I was like, oh, I wasn't confident. I was hiding my body from him. And it was just not me. And I felt quite lost. And I sort of had this belief in my mind that once you're a mum, you can't kind of step into that slutty archetype. You know, you have to suppress it because people are like, mums are not sexy. Like mum does not equal sexy. And once I did the inner work and I realised that that's actually not true, I was like, hey, if people judge me for being sexual, I mean, everyone has sex, right? Like, how do you, how do we make our kids? Well, that's the funny, the funny thing about this whole narrative and this, this weird position that I, I agree that most societies have kind of put moms in. It's like, you know, that literally that's how you make the kids. And then that's how they became a mom. Right. Like it, it, it is that's weird it. though. Yeah. And like, what, are we not allowed to enjoy that process? Like, no and once I was like once I realized that that story was so untrue I just thought you know what I'm just going to be me and I'm going to talk about sexuality and I'm going to talk about sex and all of these things and once I did I found a new part within myself I guess you would say and it actually was like almost okay well this is what I have to do now is and make people be comfortable with the fact that we have sex, we masturbate. Like that's what we do and it's healthy to do that. So for me, this whole like society thing where we have to stick to the norm, I'm like, nah, that's not me. And if it's going to be going against society being who I am, well then I'm okay with that because that's who I am. And I want other women to be comfortable enough to find their you know, in a sexy goddess as well, because it feels so fucking good when you do. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you it's know, so there's nothing more powerful than stepping into that sexuality and that slutty archetype. It doesn't, you know, I've had all of like four sexual partners in my whole entire life and people, because obviously I've been with my husband since I was 16, so I haven't had like my host age and I people say to me all the time oh wow I thought you'd had so many more partners than that because of the sexuality and like that sexual energy that I exude and I'm like wow that's an interesting um judgment that you've made you know I was gonna say though I don't like that story either 
and I'm not to throw shade at whoever brought that up to you, but it's like, why does that have to be the same? Like, it has to mean that because you're open in your sexuality, therefore you've had a lot of partners. I just, that doesn't actually add up to me. <laughs> like, no. And then, and I think like people always say you have to be one way or the other. And for me, something that I really embraced like about a year ago was the fact that I have so many facets of my personality. Like, I can be this sexual, like, goddess, I guess you would say. And then I can be, goddess, oh my gosh. And yeah, then, I can be, <laughs> then I can be really in that mother archetype and really, like, you know, caring and helpful. But then I can also be really funny and daggy and just, like, people are like, who are you? Like, I just don't take myself seriously a lot of the time. And that that's where my my massive that one of my massive values is fun and that's where that comes in is like yeah if you can't have fun like what's the point oh you like speak my language one of my personal values is fun but also in my business one of my core values is fun and I said this the other day on social media I was like make it fun or fuck it like I just don't understand what the point is if you're gonna make it some drudgery and like you were saying though it's cool because you have seen what it's like to hustle and then now you've seen what it's like to I know you work hard but there's a difference working hard and hustling it's two different things and which is more fun (laughs) yeah you know option b (laughs) and when I don't make the time for fun I am so miserable like and just the resent like resentment creeps in and resentment is the biggest killer for me for my sexual energy for my creative energy for all of that juicy and delicious stuff resentment just killed it and yeah I have had to learn to balance my life and my my work and my life and my business and it's Sean's business and it's you know been a really it's still a constant battle making sure that it's balanced but I know why I have to balance it and that's the most important thing absolutely I know something else that you have been really open about on social media, which I think is incredible. And you've kind of touched on it a little bit so far already, but it's your relationship with your partner, Sean. And I just love seeing you be so open about it because I think when people think that the relationship's not going to change when you have kids or when you start a business or throughout 10, 15, 20 years together, to me, that is a little naive. (laughs) Like it's going to change. So I'd love to hear from you how you think your relationship has kind of shifted over the years because you've been together since you were 16. So I'd love to hear how that's kind of shifted for you and maybe a bit about how you have continued to put each other first was I really do feel like you guys are good at that. Yeah, so obviously being together so young, we had our younger days of like we partied together and we, you know, went on holidays together and we did all that fun stuff. And I was 23 when I had Lexi. So, you know, we were, I guess you would call that young parents, you know, like it's quite young. And I think as soon as we had kids, it kind of became like a business transaction for a little while. And, you know, we had sex 
yeah, mediocre sex, it was kind of like just get it done, you know, like it's because you have to have sex in a relationship. It wasn't like a craving for me. It was like, let's just do it. But I was very out of touch with myself after I had my kids as well. So that was, I think, a lot to do with me. And then, you know, when we had Max, Max is um, our youngest, he actually was born with a, a congenital heart defect. So he had to have open heart surgery when he was 10 days old and it was huge. Like you think, you know, you have trauma and then something like that happens with your child and it's like awful, like soul crushing awful. You don't know if your tiny little baby's going to live or die basically and his life is in the hands of one surgeon and we were really lucky that with Max they were able to repair his heart and that kind of fucked us up for a while, you know, because it was all about the kids and our concentration was all on the kids. So as a couple, we weren't like, we were parents, we were co-parents, you know, and I got to a stage where, you know, Max was probably, it was about a year, a year after we had Max and I sort of said to Sean, I really feel like we're just co-parents living in the same house and there's no like, fire and depth if that makes sense and at the time I thought it was him yeah because I was like in denial I'm like I'm you know I I don't I think I'm a catch like but I was stuck in hustle culture so I actually remember saying and this is so wounded I remember saying to him out of anger one day I don't even need you I want you I can do this on my own like I'm I know what I bring to the table so I don't understand why you don't appreciate that I was I was seeking validation in him and he loves me unconditionally I know that he you, you honestly couldn't ask for a more supportive partner he backs me no matter what even if he knows I'm wrong in front of other people he'll back me you know and then later he'll be like shit now that was not right but I was like what is this? And when I started doing the work on myself and realizing that, oh, all these patterns are stemming from my childhood and my upbringing. And I had these beliefs about myself and I was seeking the validation and I was playing the victim and all of these things that we do when we want attention from our partners. I was like, oh, okay, this is actually not him. This is, this is a lot to do with me. And I did work on myself. I still do constantly. It's a, it, I don't think I'll ever stop. But once I really worked on myself, he saw this change and he was like 10 times more attracted to me because I was feeling myself finally. And he, it just honestly was like on. And we made the conscious decision together to date each other again. So we, wherever we could, we would get my mom and dad to have our kids for a night, we'd book a hotel room, we'd go and we'd just be like, almost like we didn't have kids. And we would drink and we would actually have a dinner together and actually speak to one another, which was so good because when you have kids, you would know you can hardly even talk without being interrupted every two seconds. So to just go out and do that and just be like young again and I am young I'm 28 you know but just to be not having to be that parent um was so good and then yeah we just we communicated 
And to us now, the biggest thing is communication. And that's one of the things that I learned in the program that we did together was how to communicate with my husband. And it changed the game because I was like, okay, this is what I need from you. Instead of being like, why don't you love me? You know, and that's not attractive. But if I say to him, I need or I want this, he's like, okay, let's do it. Like, so yeah, I think definitely once I worried less about what he thought and more about myself and my own energy and taking care of myself, it flowed on. And now it's where we've gone from the start of this year, pretty much on the verge of separation because I was burnt out and I had no boundaries to now being, I can honestly say the best we've ever been, even better than when we were in our honeymoon period. And it's because we have a whole new energy about our relationship now. I love that so much. Like it makes (laughs) me, it makes me somewhat emotional just because I feel like this is so common and like we've dealt with this, like me and my partner. And I think that a lot of people have, and I think there's something to be said for having a little bit of patience as well, because Mm. I think it's so easy in a way to be like, fuck this guy. He's not appreciating me anymore like I'm out and as you just showed us it it it, I mean it's a two-way street of course were there things probably he could have been doing more sure but were you specifically telling him what you needed were you setting those boundaries and like you you realized you weren't so you realized Mm -hmm. that you were complicit in it which I think in any relationship it's both of you right it's not just them um but I think it's so important to take a, take a step back and have a little patience working through some of these things. And so I think for any, um, anyone who's listening, who has young kids, I feel like this is so important and powerful to hear how you can turn it around when you start doing the work and actually talking to your partner. And I think another huge key thing that I hear from so many women and not just moms, like just women in relationships is they're frustrated that their partner's not doing X, Y, and Z. And then I'm like, did you ask him to do X? And they're like, well, no, he should know. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, this has been a big realization for me lately is like, they do not read minds. Like nobody does. And so we need to help them. And so just an example for me is like, I had a lot of those similar feelings. And so we've started to work through that. It's like, I did, I did start to feel a little bit like, so I guess we're just roommates who both take care of our son. Like that's not a vibe. Like, yeah, it's not hot. And it doesn't make you want to fuck them. Let's be honest. Like, you're not like, Ooh, baby. Like, you're just like, have you given him food today? Okay. No, great. <laughs> like th- those were like the, the co- some of the conversations. Right. And like, that is yeah. not fun for either of you, I'm sure. Right. So I think realizing that I could just specifically ask. So one of the things I've asked for is like, I want a date night every month. Like I've literally been like every month, I want you to plan a date and we go do it. And like, even if that has been such a huge shift, I think it's so key to figure out what it is that you want from your partner and then just fucking ask them. (laughs) And it's the same with your sex as well, because like men don't know, like every woman likes a different thing, you know, and what you like might change. 
So for me, it was being like, okay, I want you to do this. And I'd be like, how do you feel about that? And he'd be like, fuck yes. Like, but he wouldn't have even just done that because he doesn't want to cross boundaries either. So it's, I think once you can feel comfortable enough to say, hey, let's do this dirty shit or you send nudes, like whatever you you want to do to keep that relationship alive. Like I didn't send my husband a nude photo until a year ago. And we've been together for 12 and a half years. So, you know, once you kind of say, this is the vibe and this is what I want, they, it, it makes them 10 times more attracted to you. Absolutely. And I think just when you look at it with empathy too, it's like they do want to have good sex and they do want to make you happy. And so it's like such a kindness, frankly, <laughs> to explain mm. the things you want and just say it. And then you win too. So it's like everybody wins. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And I think they, and that's like my husband, Sean, obviously said to me, like, once you started telling me, he's like, I'm not a mind reader. When you tell me what you want, he's like, I'll give it to you. I'll give you anything you want. You know, like they want to please us. They want to make us happy. So yeah. But also that comes with us not, you know, for me, I was very stuck in my masculine energy. So I was always the giver and I was always the planner and the organizer. So I had to consciously step out of that and more into my feminine to allow him to be the giver and do those things. So that is, again, is something that you have to consciously work on and it's within yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, this has been so good. Before we get to the (laughs) lightning round, I want to end with just something fun because I know you're so skilled and you know all the things. What are your top tips for hair (laughs) what can you give us so one shampoo your hair twice so many people are going about their days not knowing that you actually have to shampoo twice shampoo rinse shampoo again and then rinse and then condition and you'll be surprised how many people don't know this basic rule and if you aren't shampooing your hair twice and you do start shampooing your hair twice you'll be thanking me because it's going to last so much longer. <laughs> I did not know this. See? Are you serious? It's on the bottle. It's written on the shampoo bottle. Sh- shampoo, rinse, shampoo again. So the first shampoo will kind of soak up some of the oil and the the dirt, but mainly just soak up the oil. And then the second shampoo actually cleans your hair. Oh. So there you go. Hot tip. And pe- people who suffer from dandruff, also think that it's a dry scalp so they try and stretch their washes out but it's actually an overproduction of oil which means you actually need to wash your hair more and shampoo twice (laughs) okay love it great tip anything else for us to take um use heat protectant Ooh, good because you wouldn't grab something out of the oven like a, a hair straightener or a hair dryer is the same temperature as like an oven you wouldn't grab a tray out of the oven with your bare hands without like something protecting it. So don't put hot stuff on your hair without something covering it like a heat protectant because you will fry your hair eventually. Use protection. Use protection. (laughs) Always. Do you have a favorite brand? Um, Yeah. O&M, Original Mineral. I do actually think it's 
an Australian brand. I'm not sure if they have it in the USA, um, but it's like 95% natural. It smells delicious and I just love it too. Yeah. Oh, and Evo. Evo's in, I know Evo's in the USA. So we also carry Evo and Olaplex, but yeah, Evo's a really great brand as well. Okay. I'm going to look it up. I love it. So before we get to the lightning round, I wanted to thank you for being on the show and just acknowledge you for your incredible energy and openness and the way that you support so many people in your life. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Current favorite book, podcast, or Instagram account could be any of those types of things that is giving you inspiration. Um, book how to do the work by the holistic psychologist probably the most life-changing book you'll ever read okay you know what I'm gonna add that to my list um I follow her and I love her and I remember seeing that she had a book and I was like oh I have to get that and then I forgot so this means I need to go get it amazing yeah your whole life will make sense once you read it okay I love it morning beverage of choice uh coffee duh (laughs) Yeah, I like love coffee. I just can't, can't stop, won't stop. Um, what is your, I think I probably know the answer to this, but what is your favorite thing to do with child free time? I get a hotel room and go out for dinner and go out for drinks and chat to each other and have delicious sex in a random place and just be together and be a couple and date, date each other. Oh, I knew you were going to say that and I love it. Uh, <laughs> favorite place you've traveled? I actually haven't been overseas and I don't think I ever will now with COVID. But I, my honestly, my favorite place for my soul is um, I love camping. So I love camping on the Murray River, which is, um, it actually divides Victoria and New South Wales. Um, it is just so beautiful and it's warm most of the time and I don't know it just calms my soul and I love it and I love camping because it keeps me grounded just living simply off the grid I love it I love it so much well you'd probably like it here in Canada we have a lot of good places to go camping I don't camp personally Mm. but I know people like camping here (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's the best and it takes like a bit of getting used to but I actually love it and my it's like my soul needs it because I love high-end hotels don't get me wrong like I if I'm going away for the weekend I'll probably get one of the more expensive hotel rooms because I'm bougie as fuck I love that stuff but I also love getting dirty and camping with no power and no you know we have a shower but it's not like a proper shower um so I don't know I just love it the fresh air the stars it's amazing. Mm, love that. Love that journey for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question. Something that I am really passionate about seeing in other women and you have it in spades is confidence. And to me, confidence is what supported you in your decision to start a salon when you were nine months postpartum and pushed you to probably upgrade your salon, get that bigger space. So what does confidence mean to you? I think to me, confidence is, it's not, a lot of people associate confidence to how you look and being hot and being sexy. And to me, it's literally nothing to do with that. 
and everything to do with loving yourself um, unconditionally and backing yourself and knowing that you are capable of this thing. And the failure isn't even an option. And if, if it does happen, it's, it's just a lesson and it just pushes you further in the right direction. So for me, it's just backing myself and loving myself unconditionally, no matter what the outcome. Mm, I love it. That was an incredible answer. Thank you so much again for taking the time. It's been so good chatting to you. And for everyone listening, make sure you go follow her. Um, I feel like the best place to hang out with you is on Instagram. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So I'll make sure to link her Instagram. And if you're in Australia, check out the salon if you want to get some in-person action. (laughs) And I can't wait to see your coaching journey come to life as well. Thank you. I'm very excited. I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of emotions around it, but I'm I'm excited. Awesome. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.